Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And my co-host Jason is going to be out again today. He's taking a bunch of on calls, guys. So if he's not in for, you know, like four or five shows, it's okay. You know, he's uh, earning some extra money, which he needs for his family. And you can't knock him for that, you know. He's having a baby pretty soon, so he's got to earn some money. So God bless him for that. Um, and uh, now we have a very special guest for you today. Uh, we want to thank the Cryptid Warfare Podcast for uh, introducing me to this gentleman. His name is Brandon Kroll, and the title of this show will be The Origins of Crowns, Wreaths, and Halos. So this is going to be a really awesome show, and I really seriously appreciate you coming on, bro. My pleasure to be here. I love any time I can uh, collaborate, especially with Christians, because it helps condense it. I don't have to go elaborate explaining. All right. Yeah. And God is great. And we actually, you know, obviously being a Christian and conspiracy podcast, we can kind of go into both ventures and, yes. uh, you know, and, and the floor is definitely open for you, bro. So let's let's get into your research, man. OK, perfect. Uh, so first thing, let's just I want to make sure I'm sharing the screen so you can see. OK, I made sure that you can do that. Let's see if that works. Is we yep. good? It's popping perfect. up, brother. God is great. Let's go, Amen. baby. Sometimes that does not happen all the time. I'm letting you know people, <laughs> spiritual warfare is a real thing. That anytime oh, they want, this stuff comes up. Dude, I've been in, I know, man. I I did some stuff on certain subjects where it would just not work, bro. It just kept cutting out and, and my internet was good. So I just didn't know what was happening, but I understand yep. what you mean, bro. Yep. Phone calls too. I've had it where it's like, are you serious right now? <laughs> um. Anyways, everybody will probably know the Statue of Liberty. And I'm just going to be connecting this all together. Um, kind of to give a little bit of a background, I guess, explanation buildup is understanding that a lot of the pagan gods that we have out there, they all, a good majority of them trace back to Nimrod's family and his dynasty. So it's either going to be Semiramis, which was his wife, um, AKA mother. He married his own mother and that's their significance with that with Christmas. And I'll get to that in a second. And then you have Nimrod who envisioned himself as the son of Enlil, which was a Nephilim. And you can, uh, what is it? Ninurtu? N-I-N-U-R-T-O. And he that was a god that was affiliated with the planet Saturn. So that's going to connect with what we're talking about, because Saturn rings connect to halo rings, or sun god ring. So that's how they affiliate this with the occult. The product of their union was an individual spoken of in um, Ezekiel chapter 8 in affiliation with sun god worship known as Tammuz. The women are weeping for Tammuz. Um, a lot of people will equate automatically that Baphomet is Satan. Now, this isn't necessarily entirely true. It's a bit of a misnomer. And the reason I'm, I'm stating this, that it's important, especially as Christians, is understanding the significance of Tammuz because... He's the guy you're worshiping on Christmas and Catholicism, counterfeit Christianity worships him. Mm -hmm. And when we understand all of his variants and how they all connect back to him, we can start understanding a lot of the symbolism in our everyday culture. That's why stuff like this, when it connects to the Christmas season, I like bringing up its relevance because in the occult, and I'm only going to touch on this briefly because this is not the emphasis of what we're touching on, but in Christmas, the Christmas tree would represent represent Nimrod's phallus, and the wreath represents uh, Semiramis's hoo-ha, put it in delicate terms. <laughs> <laughs> the significance of the star on top would represent 
Mithras, which a lot of people when they're skeptic or something with Christianity saying, oh, it's just a Christ is just Mithras rebooted and stuff like that. Contraire, we're going to explain that and how it all interconnects in the story and timeline of how we get the crowns of Statue of Liberty wreaths in our churches, ironically enough, these days and, and stores and whatnot. So now that we have that little bit as a buildup, um, a lot of the gods affiliated with uh, Tammuz are sun gods. The only original one that was originally affiliated with Nimrod himself was Ra. And you can look this up on Google, folks. Like, it's pretty basic, but they'll explain that eventually Ra merged with Horus. Horus is an equivalent of Tammuz. And that's why you have the all-seeing eye of Horus. The significance of that is the pineal gland. Pineal gland connects to um, Baphomet. You'll notice that that pentagram is located right there. A little trivia for folks. Penta equals 5G. 5G. Mm. Yes, yeah. mind control and all that stuff connects to this. Okay, so Statue of Liberty partially was based off of um, a Freemason. I just, it has a French name, so I'm not going to try to quote, quote that thing right now, but you guys can look it up. I recommend Brave Browser to get the most accurate story because if you try to go Google route, they'll give you all these crazy, uh, <laughs> not, not the condensed story you really want to know. It's Brave Browser. You guys should definitely write that down. I haven't I haven't heard that yet. Brave Bra Browser. B-R-A-V-E. And then it's going to be a lion logo. They'll reduce ads, but even times, like, if you, if you understand symbolism, sometimes I have, like, the background screen for the day, and I'm like, that's Masonic. That's Masonic. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But yeah, the thing yeah. is, they do condense you straight to the source of, like, a condensed AI version. Like, this is pulled from six articles. This is what you get. Yep. So it give you a nice six, little. It's an ask me six articles. No, go ahead. <laughs> just kidding. Six. I was just trying to throw out a number. Or <laughs> no, so no, it could just, be three. I don't know. Just, you know. Just kidding. Three. Oh yeah, it could uh, be thirty-three articles. We don't know. But go ahead. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Because they love that number. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was based. He said he wanted to base the visual face off of his mother, but he was inspired when he went to Egypt that um there was a statue down there and he kind of wanted to base the statue of liberty off the goddess libertas and the colossus of Rhodes also connects to this the colossus of rose uh Rhodes was connected to helios helios was a greek trans god it's where we get our heliocentric theory for glow birth that's already one red flag for me when i'm looking into that issue well, bro, I'm a I'm a biblical cosmologist, and uh, I do I I believe all this stuff is uh, all locked into the heliocentric model, man. And yep, yep, I definitely uh, don't don't ride with that. I ride with yeah. the uh, biblical cosmology. So I, I tell people they're like flat Earth. I'm like, no, dome, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then it, yeah, it, it amps up the whole conversation where it's like, yes, because you know, it's it's like when he opened up the heavens for the flood, it's like a tear duct opening yeah. it up, fill up the jar. And just enough to have Noah float, and then and he water, pulls it back up. And water came from uh, the great deep, so it came from the bottom, too. And also, it, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. So there's three separate events. I always tell my people that, and uh, all the, the pastors are out there just, it was rained for 40 days and 40 nights, ladies and gentlemen, and it flooded the earth. And everyone's just like, that sounds, that doesn't sound possible you know, on a ball, you know, so... We don't want to get it. I don't want to get. I'm gonna let you keep going, Brandon, or else we're gonna be. That's going another to, topic for another or, time because I absolutely uh, love this. Or stuff. else this will be a six-hour show. So oh, it could be. Let, let me let I, you go. 
But anyways, um, Colossus of Rhodes, one of the ancient wonders of the ancient world. Um, so if people want to compare and contrast. On the right here, um, this took me forever to assemble last night. You have the painting of Lucifer, 1797. There's a photo you can find out there with um, Sir Jacob Rothschild Jr. And uh, what's her name? That witchcraft lady that just got nominated by Zelensky. Oh, I you guys know don't know. That should be enough of a Google search where you'll find yeah. it. <laughs> Abramovich? Are you talking about Abramovich? Abramovich. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. They're right. standing in front of this portrait, so they are, they obviously know. Um, in biographies, the Rothschilds claim to be descendants of Nimrod. Yep. And this is significant because when you realize they're the ones that designed the Israeli flag, star Remfan, that connects to Nimrod. The pentagram connects to the sigil of Ashtaroth. You can Google that. It's going to show up as the pentagram which means that Nimrod's wife was the first witch, and then the eye would represent the sun, Horus. And all three of these combined, I believe, were elements that they were using to conjure the fallen watchers under the river Euphrates in building the Tower of Babel so they can make war against the heavens. Mm. Yeah, just, I'm just basing it off of my research because when you look up John D, that was his little Ouija board. He had angel names all over on that thing. And then uh, Alistair Crowley tried to use the same thing. I'm just saying these are significant symbols of the occult, and they know exactly what they're doing with it. Babylon Rising also, that when they try yes. to do that, yeah. Yes. Um, over here, you also see a picture of Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun god, or more fully, Dios Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun god. Uh, it was a religion that applied to at least three distinct deities during the Roman Empire. So you'll have El Gabal, uh, Mithras or soul. Um, this is what I'm trying to explain to people is that a lot of paganism that stemmed off the Tower of Babel, because we just read this little blurb about the Tower of Babel, then it fell, and yeah, Nimrod was a bad dude. That's it. Contrary. What happened after that, they said, okay, if we can't speak the common tongue, we're going to use the common symbols, which everybody will still know. And eventually we'll all come back together for a new world order or to rebuild Babylon. Yeah. And a lot of people don't seem to realize that a deity telephone game, that's what I call it. It's like, if this one tells this one, then you whisper in this year and this one goes this year. And then the, the migrating cultures and stuff like that, as it starts moving, the names start changing. But when you unravel it and go back to the core origin story, you're like, Oh, so this was like a, a an analogy, a metaphor. And then this metaphor led to this thing. So like Baphomet, Pan God, pandemonium pandemic and section you yeah. kind of see where the trajectory of that's going peter pan the, the movie that is yes. actually after, after pan yeah so yeah yes yeah. or krampus go yep. go 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 or you're the goat he's greatest of all time yeah and you look at the the cern uh whenever they did the uh the uh the ceremony for the gother tunnel you have yes. a goat with playing a flute you know what i mean what yes. it's like Bro, it's crazy. Even dude, yeah. um, what's his name? The guy that was part of building the rocket, Jack Parsons. Yep. He would yeah. pray the goat god Pan. Yeah. I'm like very because when you understand this symbolism, you're like, okay, there's a reason why you're praying for that particular one because then you have to trace back what are the elements affiliated with this thing, you know? And um, I believe I believe uh just just uh speculation after and after after having a lot of uh like amazing people on our show. Uh, I, I believe that I think that Satan might've uh, 
use this uh, as a tool to have these fallen angels revolt. You know, you're going to be like God, you know, like Isaiah yes. 14 says, he wanted to be like God. So now he could be, he could play different roles and so can the fallen angels, you know, and, and you're going to be worshiped like gods, you know, and it's yes. going to keep going through different cultures. And if you look at the uh, Indian culture, there's like uh, millions of gods, you know, so there could be millions of fallen angels uh, in those selected spots and, you know, they could be worshiped like God. Right. So, and also I think with the table of nations, you know, like there's, I think there's fallen angels over each nation, obviously in the book of Daniel, Prince of Persia, you know, yep. they use certain things like that. So all this stuff is a uh, great stuff, man. It's going to all connect. I, I, I appreciate your, your research, man. Thank you. Well, when you um, just throw this in as a plug-in, <laughs> if yeah. you listen to the cryptid warfare, I break that down giants, demons, and uh, mark of the beast. And kind of, it's not just a mark of the beast. Oh, it just connects to Satan. It's like, no, it has symbolism and your, your body would then become a temple for their kids. That's basically what they're wanting because if they can't get into heaven, then they're going to want to get their own kids to have bodies back the best that they can. And again, I'm compiling this based off of a ton of research. Like what you just said with CERN, that would connect to uh, the Celtic God of the underworld for people who didn't know this, Cernonus. I think uh, Osiris is the equivalent of the European NASA. Osiris was the god of the underworld. Osiris is another equivalent of Nimrod. The version of the story seems to be when Nimrod died, one, he was reincarnated into his son Tammuz, and the second is he ascended to become the god of the underworld. So another equivalent of a uh, god of the underworld is Pitar. This is where we get St. Peter from. This mm. means to be set apart. Saint means to be set apart. Atar, Peter, boom. And he was wow. Latin sky god of the underworld. So when we're meeting St. Peter at the pearly gates, it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and, um, and we're not saying Peter of the Bible is that, okay? He's saying St. Peter because of, the, of, of how they... The Catholic, the Catholic, yeah, the Catholic yeah. version. I, I lean more towards just Heiser's so people know that <laughs> with Mount Hermon. Um, and the reason I say that is Baal is Tammuz, as near as I can piece together. Uh, when you look up a statue of Moloch, he has got a star in his chest. Uh, Mole in Sumerian means star, Baal means lord. So when you basically merge the two together, Star Lord, Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, it's right <laughs> in our face. <laughs> right and significance so bail herman bell herman bells christmas bells bells in church steeples steeples being equivalent of a phallus ring it every hour upon the hour in memory of who horus the god of the sun mm. yep. when you take a clock you ever see that one no 12 minus six equals six one minus seven equals six two Minus eight equals all the way around six, 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 six. Wow. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't even know that, bro. Yeah. You guys could do that. Just pull up a clock and then just start subtracting or the <laughs> the across equivalent. And that's what I'm saying. So you every time you ring a bell, bell, Herman, bell, Herman, baseball games, baseball. Yeah. Ball. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then ball. It, it's it's, it's <laughs> theory, but I'm just saying, Horace, our, <laughs> yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> moving on, uh, we have Apollo, he's another equivalent you can see here, that I'm not just pulling this stuff up, you got Apollo, who's the god of practically everything, including, but not limited to music, poetry, art, prophecy, truth, archery, plague, healing, 
Uh, sun and light, although the god has always been uh, associated with the god of the original sun god and the titan, Helios. But everyone forgot about the titan, about him, Helios. So you're getting this already equivalent that Sol Invictus, Apollo, it's a multi-interchangeable thing. So I don't want to hear somebody saying, oh, that's just, a, you know, you can see that they have an equivalent, 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 equivalent. So if you were able to add that into it, cool. A lot of kickback that I'll get from some people is, why do you got to whitewash everything? It's like, it's migration. They don't care about skin color. It's still a pagan deity. It all goes back to Babel. So forget the skin color part. Yeah, definitely forget the skin. Yeah, and honestly, our, our history is so messed up that we don't even know the skin color of a lot of the different... Uh people in the bible or anything you know yeah. not that so. it, not that that's the emphasis that matters like even when they're talking about christ not at it, all not at it, all it's right, about bro. the spirit and the and emulating his character not about skin color like if that is the emphasis you're missing the whole point of what it is to be in the spirit and a christian <laughs> brother is the same no matter what man it's a, yes. and, and i love everybody no matter what christian Amen. brother just and we love everybody we want to bring everybody to christ man if we can Amen. anybody I don't care about your background. And that's the thing is like a lot of, I think what we have today with a lot of Christians is that they equate going to church as doing their Christian duty. But when it comes to implementing or rising up and helping another brother or sister out, they draw a blank slate. It's like, well, it's not my fault if the, if the pagan didn't come to church. I, I did my best. I already got my prepaid avoid the tribulation rapture ticket. I don't need to worry about all the rest. And it's like, if that's seriously your mentality, that's why you ignore conspiracy theories or blah, 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 because you're just thinking, well, I don't need to worry about it because God's going to take care of it. Yeah. We're ambassadors until his return. We are yes. the bridesmaids lighting the way. And then the, if I could just for a split second, but I'm explaining to people, it says you got 10 bridesmaids, five of them fall asleep, five of them stay awake, five of them are holding the light. What is that? Well, if you read Proverbs, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Cool. What's the oil? Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand the word. And you can kind of look at this parallel with the disciples are falling asleep in the Garden of Eden. What was the name of Gethsemane? It translates into oil press. What is he telling them? Stay vigilant. Stay awake. We're at the pinnacle of spiritual warfare. You know? Yeah. So it w I think that's kind of, you know, five of them will get deceived. And then they're going to be like, well, you know, let us in. It's like, you guys didn't get it. You didn't let the Holy Spirit access you. And you were just sitting on the, 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 the sidelines. You were becoming the um the sower seeds, you know. Some of them took it for a second, and then you just I'll, I'll keep doing the paganism, it's fine. Yeah, God knows yeah. my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I know it gets yeah. it's scary. It's scary, but it's what we're getting down to. But anyways, we're here, um, yeah. We're and we're here to 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 make sure that we study all the different angles and different stuff, man. That's we'll that's why it. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my two favorite verses are is like Luke 22, 32. This is right after he was just saying this. Is my, my father in heaven showed you these signs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he turns around and says, Peter, when you are ready, basically stand a hand and strengthen your brethren. I love that verse. One time I wow. read that and I just said, that is very powerful. Because what later on, what does he say? First, Peter betrayed him three times by saying, I deny the man. Then he says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Are you getting this, buddy? Are you getting this? Now I want you. This is your. This is your moment. You remember what I said to you earlier. Once you're at a certain point, turn around and help other people get to where you are. Yeah. And then Ephesians five eleven. You know, have no part of fruit, fruitless works of darkness. Yes. Rather expose, expose them. the evil man. Yes. Yes. Because if we now understand 
what we are at war against, it makes it a whole lot easier. It's not just fallen angels and then they turned into demons. It's like, no, those are the giants. So you dissect all of this and you're just suddenly like, oh, so we got basically three tiers on each side, two triangles collapsing into each other. So when Paul writes, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is how you understand the enemy. And that's what Sun Tzu said. Know the enemy, know yourself, and you'll begin to win every battle. That's rule number one. We don't know our enemy. And the Geneva Bible, man, I just went over this last night on or yesterday when I did a podcast. The Geneva Bible actually says, um, it talks about, um, just real quick, I don't want to make, yeah. make this no, 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 too I, long. I love the Geneva Bible was written in 1560, so you guys know that's right when the Reformation happened, right? And the King and King James actually uh, prohibited anybody from having that Bible, and then they created the King James Bible. And I love King James Bible too. Don't get me wrong; this is just something that I saw someone bring up, and I ha actually one of our listeners uh, sent me a Geneva Bible, which is cool, man. Um, yeah. It's a little harder to read, but it's interesting because in the King James, uh, it just says, um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore you take into the whole armor of God. Most yeah. people know that part. You know, hey, all that stuff is interesting, too. I believe that these principalities and everything are are, are are where the moon, sun, and the stars are located, and that's where the fighting and everything is happening, right? You yep. see it in the book of Daniel. Now, if you look at the Geneva Bible, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the worldly governors, the princes of darkness of this world, right? So if you look at that, now we're, now we're fighting against those spiritual uh, wickedness in high places where the moon, sun, and stars are located and our worldly governors right so when you talk when brandon's talking about they're ruling over these different uh uh territories here on earth right and we're talking about all these gods they're worshiping these gods the governors the gov the people that are kings that the black Whoa. nobility the freemasons the people that yes. are running this world right so it's really dude all this stuff connects and and the geneva bible kind of hits the nail on the head bro that it's not just the spiritual wickedness in high places, but it's yes. also our worldly governors, bro. So that's well, powerful, dude. Dude, it's dude. I, it gives me the chills, bro. Because that's that's another verse besides the Ephesians five eleven that that I that I think represents you know yourself and like stuff that we're doing, man. It's like right. we're, we're engaging in the battles, right? When we're doing these shows, and you know, and it's just people perish for a lack of knowledge, and that's honestly what it is. Is like once you're informed. Like I told somebody, I said, I'm like the rain man of symbolism. I'll go into a store. I'll drive past something. I'm like, Dude, that means this. That means that. Da, da, I can tell you are, bro. Like, can I not take you anywhere? I'm like, not really. I'll see like even a commercial and I'll be like, I know that means this. That means this. <laughs> it's it's you might, crazy. You remind me, bro, of, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard him, but call a call for an uprising. Do you know who that is? Have you ever He's heard of his? Is that on Instagram? He has a YouTube channel that he, that is just dude. He's he had five hundred twenty five thousand subscribers, and then they erased him. And then he, he keeps creating new ones, like a call for an uprising. Uh, he just keeps switching because they keep uh, erasing him on YouTube. But dude, his name is his name is Call. He doesn't ever show his face. He just he always has like, uh, you know, audio always because yes. he doesn't want. But dude, you remind me of him a lot, dude. And and I and I think that's because you, you do a great job of breaking these things down, bro. Which is great, man. I'm trying my best. God like is great. People, All glory to God for this. But yeah. Amen. And I, I was I was telling people, I said, I feel like between Gary Wayne yeah. and then um, Dr. Heiser, I'm the, yeah. how do you explain it? <laughs> uh, 
the, the guide for dummies, how to get your toe in the water. Because I, I love breaking it down and be like, yes, all their stuff is pretty sound. I have a couple of gripes with Gary Wayne and whatnot, but again, that's just whatever. It's not it's not enough where I'm gonna have a descent of the brotherly love. <laughs> but when I what I'm trying to do is dumb it down in basic term. And then when you listen to podcasts, you'll get a whole lot more. But when when what I can with my slides is try to dumb it down in basic terms so that you can then look this up, cross-reference for yourself, pick up a book, and then you'll start getting to the point where I'm at. I got to where I'm at because I would like if you listen to the other podcasts with Cryptid. I got to where I'm at because I was tired of seeing what was going on in my church. It was breaking my heart. I said, we worship a God that conquered death. And most of the people at my church are elderly leaning. And they were all afraid, afraid, afraid. We're going to die. We don't get the shot. And I'm like, yeah, I, I felt the mixed ideology. And, uh, and it, is, it felt so lukewarm. And there was a part in me where I said, you guys will never let me get up behind a podium because I sound a little far out there or I'm just, you know. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'll do something on the internet. And I went from a hundred followers to seven, 8,000 something. Yeah. And that's all of God. And I, and I constantly get DMS of saying, thank you. I was cynical against God, or you brought me back to the Bible, man. Uh, and I'm like, that's what it's all about for me. Ultimately. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here for fame or whatnot. I'm genuinely here because those who I, I want to reboot the Christians. I want yeah. them to be seen in society so that we get the, the prompt verse in Peter says that they ask of the faith that is within you there's something again if we're against the government or yeah the the, the governs like you just quoted <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going to be noticeable people are gonna and again that's what the ironic part is is like if you want to stand up or if, or if you want to stand out first you got to stand up and a lot of people don't even know how to stand up just yet because they don't understand all of this stuff. they don't even know what they have to stand up against or that they even yeah. have to stand up because they and just it's think because that i think the rapture ideology <laughs> Puts you oh, into yeah. a lullaby of oh, don't worry. Oh goodness, can I go on? Go on a, one more little rant before we go back. Go ahead. I was I was talking to somebody. I said we've put so much emphasis on a plot of land of the state of Israel or chosen people that we have lost the purpose and focus of understanding. That's you. You are the new Israel. Because let's break it down, folks. What did he say? In three days, I'll tear down this temple. What did he mean? The physical temple. We all can agree. No, he meant himself. So if that is the case and the veil was ripped in two, what does that mean? Now the high priest doesn't need to go into the holy and holies on your behalf. You now have him greater is he that is within you. You know, um, no, you not. Your body is a temple of the Lord. So now you are the new Israel. You're the new covenant. You now can have a chance to have access to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go into the Holy Holies. You don't need a priest to intercede for you. And when you understand that, you're like, wait, so I'm a chosen person. Yeah, he he did yeah. this for you. <laughs> so yeah. when you're, you know, I, I, I can't help but see it as a as a um superiority, racial superiority complex that we're implementing. We're justifying it. I told people, I said, take this verse. I know we're not supposed to take things in and out. I said, just. Put it, put it, put a, put a plug in here, and says, "Did we not drop bombs in your name?" Yeah. When you think of it like that, you're just like, "Oh, oh," because I'm seeing a lot of people justifying it. And I said, "Granted, I don't care. I'm not going to get into the dynamics of all that." But the kids, yeah, that's where I'm getting a little bit like, and I'm seeing the glee, the glee in it all, and that's where I'm saying, I said, "That cannot be of Christ." 
That no way, because if you if you make a little one stumble, you know, you're better off having a millstone around your neck, right? If you make a child stumble, how many parents are getting taken by all this violence that's happening uh, and, and causing these kids to stumble and causing them to hate the God of the Bible, yes. causing them to hate people like, you know, Christians. And it's not even like, and, and it's the worldly governors that this that is spoken do- about in the Geneva Bible that are doing this. Yes. And and you know it's it's terrible, bro. And it, and it's really the devil is in 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 the details with all that stuff, you know. Like you said, and and I I agree, man. I I've had some really really uh, great guests on to break this down, the spiritual uh, or spiritual Israel type stuff, you know. Yes. And I'm gonna have him back yes. on. Uh, his name I'd is love David to listen Gardner. in. <laughs> his name is David Gardner, but yeah, he does a good job of uh, going over that. And and he actually brought it to my attention because I was always a uh, you know I was Calvary Chapel non denominational church. I was taught a certain way, started my podcast 155 episodes later. It's like, I, you know, my, my mind is like completely changed from what I, I, I started out, you know? So it's, it's a blessing. God is really g- great for, for exposing me to such amazing uh, knowledge and, and people out there that are listening. I, I get to li- get to learn so much from all these people that, that send me messages, just like yourself. I know you're dealing with the same stuff. If you have an open heart, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And that's why I said to people, I said, I know people that have visions. I know people that are amazing prayer warriors. Um, personally speaking for myself, how he works through me is I tend to like, I don't pray all the time, but when I do, it's like a lament from Jeremiah. It's just like, I pour it all out. And I, at the end, I feel like I just got done fighting, you know, a half a dozen people. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I, yeah. and, and I lay it out. And, and the thing is, is a lot of times I want it with my stuff. I'll, I'll lay this out as a scenario. Then he'll hit me with the Bible story, and so it's like something I might I may have only just read in passing. And he says, now "How do you think I felt about that?" Yeah, you know. And as a writer, he's like, "I'm speaking through my own voice, yeah. saying like, what do you think about this? What other How do you think I feel about that?'" And I'm like, "Wow, that's really convicting." And then I'll tell somebody like I was praying the other day, yada yada, and they'll start crying because I'm starting to tell them what. Yeah. I was getting from this Bible story that he related to me and they start crying. They're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just the messenger. Yeah. That's God what is, I get for complaining. Like said, and, he, and he speaks through me. Yeah. God is God. God is like you said, God is great and uh, all glory to God. Cause that's, that's what he's doing, you know, it's yeah. just, that's what it is. Yep. So stuff comes yeah. out of you when you're talking on a podcast sometimes that it just yeah. comes out. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like you said, it's all, it's all God, all the Holy spirit. And um Amen. All right, we'll get back to the slides yeah, on slide yes, two, guys. Yes. Um, anyways, <laughs> slide two. Sorry, guys. It, it, it's just it's a it's a blessing talking to people that are of the faith and awake. Um, anyways, <laughs> who is the Roman god Mithras? Mithras was the uh, called the the mediator. Mithra was also the god of the sun, of the shining, the light, beholds everything. Greeks and Romans considered Mithra as a sun god. He was probably also the god of the kings. Um, interesting note about the mediator. Um, a lot of people to help clarify, uh, Tammuz is most likely the guy that taught us the alphabet. He's most likely the guy that implemented, um, Sumerian handwriting or you know, cuneiform as opposed to just hieroglyphics. So he basically upgraded us from that. Um, another equivalent for Tammuz is Hermes. And you'll always see with the Caduceus staff, there's a reason why that was the first trick that Moses played in Israel, uh, sorry, in Egypt. When he went up against the Egyptians, they threw down their staffs and turned into snakes. Yes, I think there's a big connection right there. Mm. Um, because even if, if you look into the Druids, they started migrating. The magicians started migrating further and further north after, you know, Christianity started spiraling out of control. 
and they kept a lot of the symbolism like this the, the pentagram and all that so you see where it was migrating further and further north to the northern tribes and then eventually you get to saint patty's day and what is saint patty known for driving the snakes out of ireland which was the <laughs> druids so it all connects to the magicians and stuff like that but yeah um hermes go back that thoth hermes uh he is thought to be the implementer of coinage so when you look at the dollar bill horus coinage control it's all about weight and control of somebody as for mediator he was mediating or as i like to call it he was satan's avatar his dad visions himself as nernertu rebirthed i'm don't know this for sure but i'm going to guess that semiramis saw some sort of lilith lilith connection i'm not sure about that i'm still looking into it but as that's the best that i could find for an equivalent and tammuz saw himself as azel the fallen angel or satan aka the goat or the judas goat whatever and he was known as the great magician his symbol is the euroboros or the eight logo oh. so you always see that in the tarot card it's always going to be sit sitting over his head um you'll notice that that's the meta logo yeah it's death in hebrew oh. so yes um there's a little connections for that so yeah he is basically satan's avatar is the best way to describe it so hence you get the baphomet and whatnot but he is the one that implemented the ideologies and the concept of we can become gods ourselves. So AI, that would be affiliated with all of this, is that you can keep on living or regeneration, reincarnation. That's what he teaches. Contrary to that belief, we all know that that's not true if you're Christian. Christ taught resurrection. So when he came back to life in the physical form, he wasn't reincarnated. He wasn't, you know, he came back in physical form of I already was this before, but I came back. He basically proved both Tammuz and Nimrod frauds by coming back to life. And the comparisons are always there. Um, when he says in Matthew 24, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. Happens that if you look up Tammuz, another equivalent is Dumuzid, D-U-M-U-Z-I-D. And you will find that that is going to be either Adonis or Tammuz if you look that up. And he was known as the Sumerian goat god of the shepherds or shepherds of goats and i find that very ironic that he uses a metaphor in a region that people would know separate sheep from goats i'm calling my sheep these are the goats i'm going to separate them when we get to the other side because they chose an ideology that was apart from me um and then how is mithras similar to jesus according to chris uh christian tradition jesus was born of a virgin mary in a humble setting similarly uh, the Mithraic beliefs, Mithra was said to have been born from a rock, symbolizing his divine birth. Both stories emphasize the miraculous and divine nature of the figures of births. Now, when you're reading a lot of stuff with Gary Wayne, um, in the earlier chapters, you'll find something with rocks and trees being affiliated with giants or rebirth. Hence, tree you have, that's Nimrod's phallus, like we were saying earlier, the star on top would represent the product of this relationship. The Masonic compass is representing that too. Um, <laughs> trying to be very gentle okay. with what I'm trying to relay, but you guys yeah. get, it's very nasty. It's, a, it's an inside joke that they don't want you guys to get, but that's what it ultimately is. It's a middle finger to God. Um, <clears throat> so again, just clarity, and I'm 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 showing the website links so you guys can cross-reference what I'm saying. Um, you have to do a lot of compare contrast, but at the end of the day, you're going to sift it all together. Luckily, you're watching this podcast, so you'll be able to see it all together. 
Um, what is the Greek equivalent of Mithras? Again, we get Helios in later antiquity, and the Greek name Mithras occurs in the text known as the, uh, the Mithras lit Liturgy, part of the Paris Great Magical Papyrus. Uh, here, Mithras is given the epithet, the great god, and is identified as the sun god Helios. Um, and Mith Mithra, Mithra yeah. was also uh, worshipped uh, below the, the Catholic Church would be on top, and then the Mithras temple would be on the bottom, right? So yes. what happened is all the uh, elites would go and worship Mithras on the bottom, and then they would go to the regular Catholic Church and act like they're they're Catholic, you know, or Christian, but really they're worshiping Crypto. Mithras. So back yes. when Constantine had his, uh, you know. I connect that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, bro. No, I, I, I'm just, I, I love what you're saying. I just don't want you to get ahead of my slides. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to either. I, I'm uh, just gonna, I should probably just sit back and listen. I don't want to get to. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Go um, but December 25th, again, I'm giving you more stuff. Cause this is where they say, well, isn't Mithras just Christ? Blah, blah, blah. They're still similar with their mythologies. Um, if you even look up Isis, she has the, she's known as the goddess of many names, but her moniker was queen of the heavens. Look in the Bible, Queen of the Heavens. Who is known as that? Ashtaroth. Like I said, deity telephone. The names change, but the core origin story is there. Um, but yeah, she was impregnated via the tree and or there was the rock myth. Something of that regenerational or energy sustaining. That, or rebirth of energy. Hence the Euroboros. Um, it is said that Mithra, or the sun, took birth in the cave. Again, Christ was born in a cave. This is born in a cave. You could see how they're trying to merge. Oh, that just means this. Um, it is also the belief of the Christian world uh, that Mithra or the sun, whatever, they lose track of that. Um, but in Greek mythology, Helios was simply regarded as the god of the sun. So again, you can see how Mithra is, or sorry, Helios is depicted here with none other than a bow. Cupid. Yeah. When you, uh, if you look up a lot of my slides on um, Instagram, I reshare them and stuff like that. You'll see a lot of um, Cupid similarities with um, Baphomet, the wings. He's got the Caduceus staff. When you see a little sketch drawing, he's holding the Caduceus staff in his hand. You look up Thoth or Hermes, they're carrying the Caduceus staff. The Pope carries something that's similar to two snakes on each end. When you look into the main room where he has his speeches or whatever, he turned to one side in the mirror. It reflects a Baphomet head. This is the real sun god or son of God, sun god. They merged the two with Sol Invictus. Um, oh. So, yeah, a lot of people, when you're looking at holy things or they assume automatically that Catholicism is Christianity. So we see these little halos coming about and we have to kind of ask ourselves, well, where where is this coming from? Um, the halo represents an aura or the glow of sanctity, which was conventionally drawn and encircling the head. It's first appeared in the Hellenistic Greece and Rome, possibly related to Zoar. Christian, can't pronounce that. You can see it there yourself. <laughs> Glory and divine lustre, uh, which marked the Persian kings, and many have been imported from Mithraism. So Persian kings, Sumerian, Iraq, Iran all within the Babylon region. So you guys can already connect that a halo does connect to this region. Um, eventually it migrates, as we can see over here. Um, how did crowns originate? And the crown is a headdress that was symbolized of power since ancient times and determined the title of merits and its owner. Corona, it'd be good when I get to this one, is translated from Latin as wreath and is a type of um, 
to him that owns owes its origin. The prototypes of the crowns were worn by the pharaohs of Egypt, putting them in striped headboards. Uh, from the antiquity, you can see that right there, the present day history of the crown. And as we all know, Rome and Egypt had a lot of influx going on, especially after Alexander the Great, uh, Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, most famously, um, Caesar prior to that. You can see where the cross migration of moving this Persian Egyptian migration of ideology, symbolism, and then gradually moving up and towards the Mediterranean or Latin area. So this Phoenician culture was gradually migrating to what is the modern day Catholic Church of Rome. Um, Interesting. Yep. Yes. And you know what? I'm gonna let him talk. I don't want to get too crazy because <laughs> there's so much I could say sometimes. But I want to let you just crush the slides and then, and then at the end I'll try to come up with a little something, something. More. I'll, I'll come. I'll come up to a pause right after I get to a certain the next. No the next problem, one after bro. this. Just keep going um, and do your thing, man. So again, with crown, uh, a radiant or radiant crown, also known as a solar crown, sun crown, eastern crown, or a tyrant's crown. Is a crown, a wreath, a diadem, or a headgear, symbolizing the sun, or more generally, powers associated with the sun. Apart from the ancient Egyptian form of a disc between two horns, it is sh uh, shaped with a number of narrowing bands going outwards from the wearer's head to represent the rays of the sun. Um, the, these may well be representing either as flat or in the same plane, as a circlet of the crown or rising from the angles to it. So again, we're seeing that crowns do not stem from God or I'm ordained by God. It's no, you're seeing yourself as a God when you're wearing that sort of thing and you're affiliating yourself with the sun God. This is why um, in Japan, you had Emperor Hirohito saw himself as the sun God or the sun emperor. You have, um, was it King Louis the 16th that saw himself as a sun God? You, you constantly see a recurring theme, sun, God, sun, God, sun, God. So you're seeing yourself as something that's powerful, something that has um, something with energy, with the sun. Even, uh, yeah, even sorry. when they did the, they made the heliocentric model, that's what he did. He put the, yeah. the sun enthroned in the middle uh, as if it's, and, and, it, and that's, and, and the sun is in its temple. So they put sun as a God with that, you know, that's what Copernicus did, you know, even in yes. his writings, you hear that, but go ahead, bro. And a lot of people aren't connecting that stuff. No, not at um, all. What are the spikes of a crown called, uh, also known as a crown, a palisado, palisado? Anyways, these palisades of the rim forming the spikes of the crown. Now this is significant because like I said, there's somebody that tried to give me a fact check on one of my posts. I don't have time for those people. Anyways, when you look up Corona, you can look up all these sites and there was a plethora more. I just took a few. So if you don't like Wiki, you could look it up on Merriam-Webster. You could look it up on Etymol uh, Online. Um, plethora of stuff, but you see Corona. Any opinions expressed, blah, 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 do not represent those of the Merriam-Webster editors. But this is basically what they get as a Latin translation Corona is a garland worn on the head as a mark of honor or emblem of majesty. This connects to either wreaths, halos, crowns, already building up to what you're seeing here. Coronavirus, crown-like circle of light appearing around the sun. Corona is derived from the Latin crown, garland. Again, ancient um, Greek-Roman uh, connection there. Corona, etymology, origin meaning of corona and etymoline. Uh, corona meaning a crown. Latin, a crown, 
uh, a garland in ancient Rome. Again, Rome, Greek. You can see the migration here. And you have what put the corona in coronavirus. And the name coronavirus comes from the virus's shape. When it is viewed under an electron microscope, it looks like a sphere of spikes. Spiked round. <laughs> so we'll pause here, let you add some stuff, if anything, any trivia you got. Well, um, I think, you know, when, uh, when, when Abraham was going to sacrifice, uh, Isaac, yep. didn't, didn't they end up sacrificing a goat instead of, uh, it, it ram, a ram. Okay. Okay. Yes. It was a ram. Okay. So a ram, a, a ram, um, it, it just so happens that in ancient cultures, ram horns was equated to royalty. Okay. I was wondering if it was uh, it had anything to do with like maybe God saying, "Hey, sacrifice the goat," so that you you know you you, you kill Tammuz, what represents Tammuz. But if it's a ram, maybe you know you can't, it I does can't connect. connect. Um, I did a recent post on that, but with when they're doing the um, I think I did it recently with what was the name of the Metallica. If yeah. you look at my Metallica post, I did a um, hold on, do I have my phone nearby? There it is. Hold on, let me just read that. It's fairly recent. But that ram does connect with a lot of this stuff symbolism-wise. Uh, let's see. I can pull it up real quick. Because a lot of them are interchangeable because it's a similar mammal or species thereof. Yeah. So they can merge a lot of these concepts and ideologies for us. To see, but we do not understand that this is the difference of esoteric and uh, exoteric is yeah. the hidden knowledge or the thing that you see. And then there's the <laughs> I know what this really means. Yeah. Um, in basic <laughs> definition. So here it is. Um, ta -ta 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 -ta. What does a ram symbolize spiritually? Um, the ram signifies new stimulation of mental faculties, imagination, inspiration. So a lot of times you'll see artists wearing ram horns or looking like the goat devil, whatever. Um, so when they're saying, oh, I was inspired by this demonic thing, sometimes you'll see in an interview or whatnot, this is yeah. a little bit of that connection going on behind the scenes. Okay. Along with this energy to act upon it, the ram represents the power to penetrate, overcome, and achieve. It reflects the assertion of strength in creative ways to achieve a breakthrough. It is also associated with sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and mm. you can find that out on uh, www.kstate.edu. Nice. The Ring of Valor. Because um, I know some people get very cynical when I don't have, quote unquote, my source. Oh, so I'm just, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there for the, the cynics. Anything else you wanted to add? No, go go ahead. Keep going. I just, uh, for okay. some reason, the Holy Spirit put that on my heart just like to bring that up. I don't know why, but go ahead. You probably wanted me to read that to connect it to it. So yeah. that, that's going to reach somebody. That's how he works, man. Yep. Um, the etymology and origins of REITs. This is what's something like I, I was laughing so hard, dude. I'm sitting in the church foyer because the Sunday school guy is a little bit of a doldrum deacon. I, I, I just so hard for me. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting next to this Christmas tree and I'm just like, ah, and then I'm seeing the wreath sitting between the two bathrooms. I'm just like, ah, main auditorium and they have a wreath on every single window and there's one behind him in the pulpit and i'm just like oh 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 and he's going yeah you know christmas is not a bad thing we just have to make sure we're not like the world not but put so much emphasis on it 
it's okay with the presents. I'm like, yeah, it's okay with the food. Yeah, and even the Christmas tree, it's not that bad. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, I even like getting this. I'm just like, says, but the main thing is not to lose our focus. Remember to focus on Christ and, and God through it all. And I'm like, do you see what's behind you right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know, bro. I know, man. I know I'm the same thing. And, uh, I worked out with my pastor a lot and, uh, I was, I was with, you know, I was with him a lot and I'm just, uh, I guess I even heard on pastor's perspective, which is a show that I like to, I like to watch where people call in and there's, you know, they, they like to, they answer all these questions and, yep. and, um, they're trying to, they're trying to put the Christmas tree back to Martin Luther and say that it represents, you know, something that's good. And, and it's just, it gets, I've it's crazy, that. bro. But go go ahead, man. Yeah. I, I, it's the same, you know, it's just, my buddy, my buddy sent me that because he was saying, are you saying I'm a bad Christian if I put up the Christmas tree? I said, well, prior, no, because if you didn't know. Yeah, you can't be all reliable or accountable. Ignorance is bliss. I said, but <laughs> yeah. now that I presented this to you, unfortunately, that because I'm your friend, I, I don't <laughs> like. And I said, now you're under the charge in James to him that knows that it is a sin. Yeah. And ironically, his name is James. Yeah. And uh, he didn't like that too much. And I said, like with people that are already of the world that I'm still friends with, I'm not going to be up in their face and stuff like that. Like I'll try to do trivia stuff like this to try to help prompt them to investigation, but they'll still put it up. And I'm like, okay. But to people who are Christians and are still giving me, well, I don't know if they're completely reliable because you know, um, they're, they're Oh, that's a bit of a stretch. That's a bit of a, so when they're giving me that, but they then let their wife put up a Christmas tree because you know, they don't want to, rock the boat or you know her family's really big into that i start taking what they say with a grain of salt because i said dude if you know what this symbolizes and you, you kind of you can't ignore jeremiah all of a sudden because yeah. a lot of times i'll give a verse for consideration and they'll be like well that's not in context yeah. i can't take your advice on context that heavily when you're putting up christmas trees in your own home of course knowing yeah. what it represents you know so i take that with a grain of salt anyways back to the reeds it's believed that wreaths date back to the Persian, ancient Egypt, and Greece. So again, you can see the migrational aspect. Persia, Iraq, Iran, like I just stated. You can see it migrating into Egypt, to, to Greece. There was a lot of commerce going on in the Mediterranean between the two cultures, eventually spiraling a little bit further to uh, Rome. But their purpose during uh, those times differs from the way that they were um, are popular properly used today in the persian empire reads called diadems were a sign of power or authority worn as a headdress again halos headdress whatever you put on your head it's very good to consider where did this come from um even baseball caps i think that comes back to something meaning fool well hey i'm a fool for sure <laughs> and i'm just kidding <laughs> no I, I i did a whole breakdown and, and this was me I, i'm literally just doing research on maga and then i was laughing and i'm like Oh, 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 that's just me. <laughs> but they're mocking us so regularly, dude. It's, it's yeah, for sure. Mm. Anyways, the recent ancient Egypt was most popular in form of a chaplet made by sewing flowers to the linen bands and tying them around the head. In ancient Greece, wreaths, usually made of olive, pine, laurel, celery, or palm, were awarded to athletes victorious in the Olympic Games as prizes to the poets and orators. Now, it's said 
that Tammuz was known as the great orator, uh, orator and the great magician, which I go and I was explaining the MAGA thing. That's what it means, the great magician, the great illusionist in most Latin-based cultures when you use the word MAGA. Highest priest position on the Church of Satan website. Um, oh, it also means uh, MAGA in Sanskrit, highest priest of the sun. Mm. When I was putting all this together, I was like, that's an awful lot of coincidences. But let's add to that. J6, Orthodox Christianity, start of a new year. You add to that J6 and Catholicism, Christmas tradition. It's the day that he, Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. And then it is also the day that, um, what was it? He was visited by the Magi as an adolescent. Yeah. Root word for Magi? Maga. Yeah. Magazine. It's an illusion. So yeah. when you so when you start putting this stuff together, and it's like, oh, it's just a word. Not in the exoteric, esoteric. When you understand this, there's the thing that they put out there as the official narrative for the plebs, and then there's the <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. So again, when you understand the the origins of a wreath, it's not just a decorative little thing. It has an origin and when we are getting paul writing about the race that is set before us or possibly paul was that hebrews but anyways you're, you're getting a little bit of the you see what's in our everyday culture you know the crowning achievement is not supposed to be on this earth he was talking more so your crowns your treasures that are laid up in heaven those that's the only crown you want to consider there's five crowns actually yeah there's five different crowns for did, did, did you oh, know please that? please elaborate i mean we're on the oh i have of it. oh i'd have to uh hold on do i have notes on this i i definitely would have to uh uh let me see let me see let me see i i i actually did it i i start, save 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 where's it at um there's some crowns there's different crowns you're gonna earn in heaven i would have to pull up my notes i don't want to uh interrupt your conversation but there's no, there's five different crowns and one of them has to do with like if you're a pastor or like a teacher like you get a crown if you uh if you overcame like sin or something there's a clear yep. <clears throat> uh just let me see you you keep on going and I'll and I'll try to have that in a, in a, sure in a sure um all right uh, five crowns in the Bible. Yeah, what the crown of life, it, incorruptible crown, crown of righteousness, crown of glory, and crown of rejoicing. So there's five different crowns that you would earn in heaven. It's basically on the uh, judgment seat of Christ. What's going to happen yeah. is he's going to take your works, he's going to place it in the fire, and then you earn a crown in heaven. So go ahead. I, I don't want to get too elaborate into it because we got, got a lot one of head. Stuff to go I wouldn't over. need any of those. <laughs> Dude, I'm just happy that I'm there. Honestly, I was oh, telling somebody goodness, the other seriously. day, I said, that marriage feast better be lasting for a couple centuries, because honestly, I have a lot of catching up to do before we get to work, if you don't mind me <laughs> talking with some people. Um, what do wreaths symbolize? The symbolism of wreaths has been used at funerals since at least the time of ancient Greece to represent the circle of eternal life. Evergreen wreaths are uh, laid at the burial place of the early Christian virgin martyrs in Europe. The evergreen representing the victory of the eternal spirit over death. Again, um, when you buy a little booklet, I think it's called the 4,000 Years of Christmas. And it's only like 100 and something pages. And <laughs> the Amazon description makes it very sound pretty not worth buying almost. 
But when you pick it up, there's a lot of connections in there with where they um there was Christmas. And then when you got eventually to like February, there was like 11 days where you keep all the stuff up. Evergreens were supposed to keep out evil spirits and whatnot. That was the belief. And again, maybe that was some sort of like passage sort of deal with, you know, Nimrod going or ascending that they kept this stuff up. Um, eventually this merged into like uh, the pumpkin face to scare away demons or whatnot. And a lot of candles, uh, candles which, uh, would symbolize like life reborn in their culture. Um, so yeah, uh, this is something connecting evergreen to wreaths. So you see a little bit of a connection. You also see virgin martyrs. So you're seeing a little bit of the connection with that connect to Virgin Mary and stuff like that. As we keep going, I'll be elaborating further. Um, but yeah, and do wreaths have pagan origins? In ancient pagan German and Scandinavian cultures, so we already see that it's not just down here in the Mediterranean, it eventually migrates upward. And like I explained, the magicians, the mages, all that, they eventually uh, adapted into Druidism, or that's what they carried on. It's just like, oh, well, we'll just go to this tribe and that tribe because we're getting kicked out down here and we're looking bad. Uh, Reeds have also symbolized nature and have been used to honor and return of the sun and the promise of spring. The wreaths held candles that were lit in hopes of the return of the warmth and sunlight. So you're putting your faith in sun, energy, rebirth. Yeah. So a lot of people are equating like, oh, well, Jesus, Jesus, rebirth. Uh, no, no, no. Holy Spirit rebirth. Not something physical in this realm. It's a rebirth of spirit. This is what he was talking about with Nicodemus. And we can see that because the parallel there, Nicodemus so scared they came to see him at night later on after christ died he came to be one of the two people to bury his body when did he do it broad daylight yeah you'll see the actions he's not afraid to hide it because the holy spirit is in you and you just say i don't care anymore that's what christians do they emulate that in their culture and just say i don't care i don't care what you guys are all gonna think and if you guys notice <clears throat> babylon persia greek rome uh, Scandinavian, uh, Druid, all these cultures, as, as you're going through, they all, they're not just trying to copy each other. <laughs> they, it's because like, like, you know, we're, we're fighting against world governors because yes. like you said, it's a new world order. So <clears throat> they're just keeping the tradition going on an esoteric level. And, and we're over here, you know, playing, uh, you know, checkers while they're playing 5d chess, you know, yes, that's kind of how it is. If you notice he's all these different cultures are not just trying to copy each other. They're just, it's just like you said, it's like uh, they're, they're playing the, the, the telephone game, right? So you got all these different gods are just changing as the cultures go, but they're they're yes. just hiding it. But yeah, I think same it's, name, uh, <clears throat> sorry, yeah. different names, same story. Yeah. yeah. And, and because if they came out and like, you know, exposed who they really were, everybody would hang them up by their heels. Yeah. But because they're playing this game. They now can just literally sit back and watch as all their little puppets are the ones that get the bow and arrows. Are oh, you're that's you're this side of the political party. You're on that side of the same bird. Yeah, hate to tell you, same bird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, have us play those little games in the streets. That's what. That's why. Um. One of my favorites speeches and plays was the one by Mark Anthony, and Caesar was a good man and stuff like that. He he utilized that whole situation that they were trying to turn on him. And ended up making the crowd so riled that he utilized that as a boomerang to go right back at them. And I was like, that has to be one of the best psychological reversal 
I've ever seen. I, I absolutely love that. Anyways, rabbit trail there. Um, what is the origin of laying of wreaths? Uh, the symbolism of wreaths has been used at funerals. Um, I think I might've read this one already. I'm not sure. Uh, Circle of eternal life. Evergreens were laid at the burial. I think this one's a reboot, but I think I was bringing it up in memory of if I need to explain this again. So anyways, uh, going on, moving on, we have, is that not sitting? Pagan origins of the Christmas tree. And you can kind of now get more of a visual of what we're talking about. Um, the Christmas tree of Ashtaroth, a sexual object with hidden symbols of fertility. As you can see there, I'm not going to say the word because I don't want to get censored or anything like that. Um, but you got that going on there. Blood from the fertility, the truth, the Christmas tree, and, what it ma and why it matters. And while the first settlers of the nation were believers and followers of the Messiah, they did not observe Christmas. Now, there was a meme going out, and I shared it, and some people were trying to give me some fact check thing via, uh, what was it, um, Snopes. I was laughing because Dersoros owed Snopes so all of a sudden. And they were trying to deny that um, 1836, there was a decree banning Christmas or you'd get a fine. And they'd be like, oh, this has been debunked as false. And the book that I bought, <laughs> it was stating, and again, this has sources, that the first Christmas tree in America was sold in New York City, 1841, by a farmer that was located from Fishkill, New York. Now, I know this because my arch nemesis happens to live or come from that area. And I, I yeah, so I kind of remember that particularly. And I was laughing because even though they're trying to debunk it, um, that's within a five-year span of this meme or whatever, whatever somebody pulled up, of this document being saying that you're going to be charged like 10 pounds if you, you know, uh, if you participate in this pagan ceremony. So I actually lean towards that. Yes, I do believe that that was totally true. And I think it was after 1836, it just gradually was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, whatever you want to do it. Go ahead. German, Irish immigrants. That's where we get a lot of our stuff. And they took a lot of their stuff from the Druids. So when you understand that you're like, Oh, so it doesn't connect to Martin Luther or just, no, no it, yeah. there's, yeah. So yeah, anyways, uh, 4,000 Years of Christmas, folks, if you want to look that up, I, it's a worthwhile buy. Um, who has halos in Christianity? It was subsequently applied, again, like I stated, the Virgin Mary and other saints, and even living figures and the Byzantine art, a halo with a cross inscribed or in cuneiform, denotes Christ, a triangular halo denotes God the Father, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously That's, angels, they say, have halos, right? That's the right, uh, right. worldly form of an angel. Yes. But it's not in the Bible at all. So right. It's just our depiction of it. And a lot of this depiction is influenced based off of the pagan secularism of the time. It's course, like, yeah. oh, so if they're above us, they must be something like the sun. And we, we started merging that concept with everything that if it's holy and then the light and dark comparison, which you get in Freemasonry, that's kind of stuff was the, what crept into the church. Um, yep. Even the word, uh, what was it? Sophist. So where we get the word sophisticated from. You buy this with uh, Frank Viola. I absolutely love his work when you're trying to understand how to, you're supposed to structure a church. Pagan Christianity was a great book dissecting where we get a lot of the pagan traditions that are now implemented, why we get dressed up, why we tithe. Sophists comes from the Greek philosophers that would basically be like, they were the origins of that's your truth. So you point to an object and then they make this whole elaborate speech like a lawyer and making it sound like it's some philosophical thing. It was a, basically a party game. 
at parlors and stuff like that where you know you'd entertain the guests and that's where sophisticated come from oh you made such a sophisticated argument about that <laughs> dofus a lot of them converted and became christians but they still had the gift of orating again orators reeds crown yeah maybe some of them weren't, weren't converted or you know they brought in some bad influence and this is where we get that into the church they made everything sound so sophisticated that it just gradually who knows maybe even constantine said you guys say you converted and just start making some crazy stuff you know yeah <laughs> it's sad but i, I hate to say it folks it, it, it's true but this is how i'm trying to explain for those who are cynics against christianity that you can see where the pagan influence came in and you can see it, all cultures you pick one I'll, I'll, yeah they I'll use help. this as a weapon against us guys so he's just trying yes. to show you like you know how to counter it you know so how to explain good. it yeah yeah um halo was inherited by christianity from ancient egypt who worshiped the sun uh for all the gods and peoples are worthless and you can see it you have Horus. you have um i yeah i think that's going to go with somebody with a chakra so it might be shiva um you have christ and again he's doing the point which is the same thing that baphomet does baphomet is another version of tammuz so if you listen to the cryptid warfare podcast that i did you will find out that that is Christ's pagan doppelganger. I highly suspect will be the, uh, they're going to resurrect his spirit via CERN into indwell the Antichrist. And remember, their logo is 666. CERN uh, were the ones that gave us the World Wide Web or Internet. Mm -hmm. Dissect the word inter means grave or tomb. Net to restrain or hold somebody, a thing. Mm, yeah. Internet, CERN. Again, folks, when you look up this stuff, why is it called a cell phone prison? New World Order. Take the first letter of all of them and put it backwards. New World Order. O-W-N. Own you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah. When you, when, you, when you start seeing this stuff, you're like, wow, these people are good. God's greater. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. God is greater, <laughs> but it's... it's uh... That's why you could tell that they're they're working with fallen angels, with Satan, and mm -hmm. they're all working in unison. And it's just uh, once you see that, you're like, okay, you know, you know, like God is greater, but you yes. got to tap into that and you got to find out, you know, how great God really is and what He's really overcoming. Because yes. if you just think He's overcoming some dude with a pitchfork that's locked in hell, and every time you go in there, He just be hits you with the pitchfork, you're gonna be stuck in a <laughs> In a, in a, in a cell. Okay. Yes. You gotta, you gotta find out spiritual warfare. You gotta find out all this stuff for you to be able to understand what we're really overcoming, you know? Dude, I, I'm not going to lie. It started from a cynic. All this stuff is he was telling me he had, this, I was going on a walk and I talked to him sometimes when I see him out in his yard and he was saying, you can't tell me that we didn't have some sort of outside intervention with like aliens or whatnot for them to put gold on top of a pyramid. And I'm like, you know what? He's making a very interesting case here. And gradually, God just was guiding me, and somebody mentioned Dr. Heiser in a comment section. That had me reading and then cross-reading, and the next thing you know, whoa, <laughs> I, I discovered all this stuff, and now I'm helping explain it to people. Like, oh, okay, so it wasn't necessarily aliens. It was fallen watchers. And then, you know, like, I can now explain it to people. And as I said <laughs> on Cryptid, when you read the verse in Genesis 6-4, that the sons of God came down and had affairs with daughters of men, then you fast forward to New Testament, I think it was somewhere in First John. Behold what manner of the love of the Father that we should be called sons. Yeah. Oh, 
question, are we replacing them? I think so, because then you <laughs> rewind back to what Heiser was saying in Psalm 82. They're sitting in judgment over them. What would give us that right? We understand the spiritual warfare. We have the credentials and we've experienced the animosity of the enemy that we are, have the right to sit in judgment over them. Yes. So I'm, I'm again, granted God has the top say in everything, but I'm just saying like, why would he want us back on a council? Because he's redoing the family. He's rebirthing it. I need it. I need a new, a new council up here. And then I'm like, Whoa, when you look at it from that perspective, Whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the divine council, stuff like that. Like it's just, when you start yeah. breaking stuff like that down and you're like, church doesn't they, they just they don't even like get into it you know right. like how well, michael heiser dr michael heiser did or or you know how some of these people get into this uh subjects like they just right. breeze over it like the 24 elders in revelation like yeah like those are thrones they're sitting on like what like and then there's water in heaven like what you hear water roaring thunder uh you know if you if you start getting into flat earth you know you gotta you gotta uh crystalline in revelation talks about crystal and there if there's water up there like there's water in the heavens like what yes there's so much stuff that you you get into you're like that that people just just breeze over so like i was in church when my my pastor went over revelation about the elders and when i heard that me my ears perked i'm like dang I've, i think i've read that before but i just didn't understand that like wow let's see how he gets into it he doesn't get into it he just breezes right through i'm like you guys want to understand bro there's elders in heaven like what are we talking about here like to me it's incredible like okay wow they're sitting on and then i start finding out that there's thrones not just seats they're not just seats they're actually thrones and yes. then you, just like the thrones that they're talking about in, in uh ephesians 6 12 so i'm like dang it's it all gets really interesting and 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 that's why when you start reading the bible and holy spirit starts starts like opening stuff up to you it's not just it's, it's you just see it in a whole different light, bro. It's just it's yes. amazing, dude. It's beautiful. Well, I think you have rapture, and then you have this other thing with the, where we have so much emphasis on the triune God. It's like, okay, hold up, hold up. You're telling me when he was baptized that God said, you know, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Fast forward to Gethsemane and the cross. He's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, if you could let this cup pass from me, there's constantly, okay, so either you're telling me that Christ, or God, because he was God incarnate, he's schizophrenic, because one minute he thinks he's God, next minute he thinks he's the son of God, and then the next minute is, is like, okay, so he, is is does he is he one individual, or, or he's both at the same time? Well, if I am a father, and I give birth to a son... Now I can say that, that my son is my father and I'm his son. No, this connects to Nimrodism or Tammuzism, is reincarnated, rebooted. Whereas if you look at it from a son perspective, oh, creator God can create his own son. Yeah, and he didn't come down and violate on top of Mount Hermon. He did this with consent. Mary, would you be okay with this? Yes. Whoa, okay, so he's not a patriarchy sort of dude. He's, 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 he's making sir... Sure, the servant is willing to carry the burden. And otherwise, you're making God sound like he's a ventriloquist. Oh, my blood was on my well, please. Oh, yeah, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. <clears throat> Whereas if you make it about the son and you understand, are you familiar with the uh, the communion? Am I, am I familiar with it? In, in, in the cup ceremony affiliated with uh, Israel? 
Uh, I'm not not familiar with that. No, I'll break it down because it does connect, and because if some people just got turned off because of the triune part, now, let me explain. Yeah, and and I do honestly right now believe in the Trinity, but it's not because of uh, I'm open to it. Now right. I I have right. studied I, it. I've studied it deep, but so, but I'm not opposed to anybody going over any other thing on, on my show. Obviously, go ahead, man, because and I, I'll explain. I, it's not, I'm not dogma about the Trinity. It's just as of right now. Right. But, you know, whatever. Go ahead, though. It, I'm just presenting good. this We're for open, consideration, bro. as I say to everybody. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm right, but for me, it personally amps how cool God is. Yeah. So when you look up the cup ceremony. This is very significant because we beat ourselves up when we're doing communion. Think about the times you died on the cross and repent of all your sins while you're here. And I'll read the first from Corinthians and we're all set. Looking it up into context and culture, the dad in Israeli house would find a man in the village that was worthy of his daughter's hand. He had a good financial standing. He was good, good rep reputation. He could actually take on and induct his, his daughter, his, his lovely daughter into the home. So he invite the young man over and he would hand him a glass of wine. He was supposed to take a sip from it. And then they would take this glass and hand it over to the bride. Now that it was here, she had the honorable thing of saying, I do not want to have this glass or I do not approve of this arrangement. And dad would say, okay, that's fine. We'll go back to the drawing board. We'll take the glass back. That's the end of it. However, if he could drink of it and they handed it to her and she drank of it, this was then consensual of, Move forward with this. I approve of my father's match of the one he has selected for me. I approve of the son. So then what does the young man do? He goes on and adds on to his family's house to induct in the new bride. Cool. Now let's look at this in the metaphor sense. We're choosing every time we do communion, the father's son. And I go to prepare a place for you. Like you start seeing, oh, okay. So the fact that, because what, what do we get with the giants? They were the daughters and sons of the fallen watchers. How did the demons always recognize who that was? Well, if you're reading the book of giants and stuff like that, or in Enoch, it was saying that the, when the giants are slain, they can't come up to heaven because you're an abominable offspring. You can't go down to visit your parents. Your spirits, like demon, demon, you're going to be roaming the earth for 70 generations until the time of judgment. So when Christ suddenly comes down here, they're going, the son of God. Not sons of God, son of God, the God, creator yeah. God. He literally just speaks it and he can impregnate somebody. They didn't have to come down and do a physical act. He just speaks it. And it's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, yeah, and don't tell anybody because that's not for you guys to talk about. So you start seeing a little bit of a, oh, okay. And what is the Holy Spirit then in connection to all of this is because if you're going by what Brandon Robbins presented, and I love the way he explained this, um, the symbolism of the Ten Commandments, that was a marriage covenant. Mount Sinai was supposed to represent the little um, tent or the little screen thing that they had where they'd say their marriage vows. The Ten Commandments was writing out the contract of these are the terms I'm expecting from this relationship in marriage with you guys. Some people want to scoff it off, but I'm laughing because when you get to Jeremiah 3.8, I've given Israel the bill of divorce. Well, that's not in con. Well, you're reading Jeremiah's laments. He's talking about the groves, Asheroth. You're worshiping who? Pagan deities. You're worshiping Nimrod's family. And I'm tired of that. But guess what? If I still send a son, he still bears my name. He can still fix this. 
And you can get to Galatians 3.28, where there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, bond or slave, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And a lot of people are saying, that's not in context when I was bringing that up for what's going on in Israel. I said, these are pe people that are potentially could be heirs, according to the promise, if we witness to them. But because we're already magically judging them and casting them out, we don't have a jurisdiction with that. Because we see the parable of inviting people to the marriage feast. It says, invite everybody. I don't care if they're beggars. I don't care if they're... Because now you're being inducted to the family. You are the bride. And he can literally say, Dad, who accepts the son and the father? They are the real Israel. You, you, uh, Dad, these, I, I, I did what I had to do. I gave my blood for them. Blood, communion. I've chosen them. Yeah. Okay, you can bring them in. So for me, that's how I see it. And uh, the Holy Spirit is, when the veil was ripped in two, you're now my temple. I can indwell you because I have your mind, heart, and spirit. I know you're loyal to me contrary to the former council because you proved yourself by standing up for me. Remember what he says? Like, if you deny me in the world, I'll deny yeah. you before my father. No, so this no. is where we see, again, I could be wrong, but when I look at it from that perspective, I'm like, whoa, I am the bride of Christ. That's what that means? Yeah. And this gift in exchange for this is the Holy Spirit. So again, you have the two, the, 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 the father sits in one and Christ sits on the right side. So there's two thrones, not yeah. one, two. So again, just for consideration, but when I'm reading it from that perspective, I'm like, that is so beautiful. And it debunks everything of... <laughs> What we're getting misplaced, you know, it's not reincarnated. It's not God up there, God down here, not son, God, son of God. It, it, it's beautiful. It's anyways, that help explain yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Like okay. I said, Ben, we're, we're, uh, everybody that listens to my show are not all just Trinitarians, you know? So just... and I appreciate that. And again, I tell people at the end of the day, like I told one person, I don't believe in the rapture said, I'm going to hell for that. I said, so you're telling me I had to have more faith in the rapture than in Christ? I said, I still love him. I hope for a rapture. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's like, if I'm skepticism or I'm trying to understand something even greater than I would ever have a concept of understanding, and you're going to say, because my skepticism of something that's supposed to pull me out before it gets bad, I'm going to go to hell for that. Like, you're missing the point of what the Bible is saying. It says, I don't fear death. Hence my whole thing with Corona. Or the crown. <laughs> I'm not scared of this thing that you're your crowning achievement of trying to scare the world. So many people who can't put their faith in an invisible God suddenly put their faith in an invisible virus. Yeah, I know. Think about that for a second, folks. Think about that. So, anyways, sorry, tangents, but folks, I tell you, this is the nuggets that's the real good stuff. We're having like basically two <laughs> podcasts in one. You just have to, yeah, yeah anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, the earliest examples of a disc halo came from the 300s BC in the religious art of ancient Iran, Iran, Iraq, Persia. It seems to have been conceived as a distinguishing feature of Mithra, the deity of Zoroastrian religion. I think I finally pronounced that right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so here we go with Constantine, and you can see right on the right, I compiled that one together. But did you know that Constantine the Great first Roman emperor to convert to Christianity remained a committed son worshiper, even though he recognized Christianity through the edict of Milan in 313 CE, he continued to worship the sun in 321 CE. He officially declared Sunday 
from the Latin dies solis, meaning day of the sun, as the day of rest, and in so doing forever change the Sabbath, which is Saturday, worship from Saturday to Sunday for most of Christianity. This is where I'm telling people, yes, Constantine technically was the first proxy pope, even though they're yeah. saying, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, he is, because we get Sunday worship from the guy. Yeah. I rest my case. Um, you can see on the right, you have Isis and Horus. Isis is another variation of Semiramis and Tammuz, as you can see counteracting on the far right. Um, this is the Pope Borgia member, where a lot of people are saying, well, that's not even Christ because he's white. And, uh, like, yeah, okay, yes. So that was from the Catholic Church Borgia family. I won't deny you that, but I'm just clarifying. Uh, that was based off of Horus Ra, um, another name for one of Nimrod's son, Tammuz. So sun god worship, son of god worship, halo, halo. He even built himself a Helios crown, and he had, I think, uh, was it 11 or 12 of the disciples, disciples or apostles? He had them built in the courtyard, and he saw himself as proxy Christ while Christ was away. I am the Lord. Remember, Lord stems from Baal, so lords of London and stuff like that. So when you think about that from that perspective, you're like, oh, and what I think King James was trying to do and they didn't realize this, but they were trying to substitute, like everything else, pretty much accurate, except for a few things like that. Yeah. But what they were trying to do is like God, amen, is supposed to be Amon or the, the Egyptian God. Amon Ra. Some people, this, yeah. again, some people, they didn't, they just saw the slides and they ran away. They didn't read the inscription where I was explaining this so you could explain this to cynics. Is that what I think he was trying to do is put Lord, God, blah, blah, blah. So we wouldn't actually get the real name. And we'd actually be um by saying the name giving energy to tamuz or nimrod or the you know and they're just laughing because like everything else is accurate but guess what you you don't know what we're actually doing to you yeah so i think that was that has a case but what they don't realize is that christ isn't necessarily so worried about the name the concept and belief what <laughs> at the end of the day was what he cares about and guess what folks as a king and as a prince by dying Okay, game over. Coming back, what does that do? He usurps all the titles and former declarations that belong to man because he just basically said, guess what, game over. And then when you get to the line in Aslan from Chronicles of Narnia, don't recite the dark magic to me, which I was there when it was written. He died upon an altar, crosses our symbolism to, to connecting to Tammuz. He broke that. He came back from that. So what does that mean? All your titles are now mine. I don't care. So if people are getting freaked out about that, it's not, he, he doesn't really care about that. What the thing is, you're supposed to sift out all the paganism aspects that you do know and stop implementing their traditionism, symbolism, whatever you want to call it. And you're supposed to get back to the core origin story. So I'm just explaining that because King James was inducted into the Freemasons, um, Spoon and Perth, 1610, mm -hmm. 1611. He yeah. published the uh, KJV. The other version is 1602 he was inducted, but there is several stuff. If you look, great browser again, I would recommend, you will find he was inducted into the Freemasons. Was he a regular member? Don't know. He also wrote a book on demonology. Allegedly, I haven't read it yet, but it's supposed to be exposing the bad stuff with demonology. But I don't know. I kind of find it ironic that you're a Mason and you're also tinkering around with the Bible. And you also put your own name on it. 
<laughs> yeah. That's kind of something that makes me scratch my head. I'm just like, well, okay, so you had good intentions there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's rumors that he was um, bisexual, that he also had a, the lover of, uh, oh, goodness. They named a tower after him. Drawing a blank. It's all right. Anyways, hey, don't, don't worry. You guys research it. 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 <laughs> Tower of London. It, he named it after him. And uh, they were said to be lovers behind closed doors. Some people say it was oh, just a scandal because he didn't like him. But whatever. Um, a good guy to follow where I've gotten a lot of the Semiramis stuff. I have it here on the bottom. This is not the logo for the thing. I actually combined the two. But that if you guys want to look this up. America's counterfeit goddess of liberty. Libertas. And he breaks it down, True Riches Radio Academy on um, YouTube, still up there. And he really was the guy that helped a little bit connect a lot of the dots for me with Semiramis and um, seeing how Liberty, Libertas, conceived in Liberty. When you watch this thing, it will break it down immensely for you of just going, oh, okay, these people were pretty sick with what they were trying to do. It's like, yes, Um a lot of mockery, liberty connecting to like a blood god sacrifice, like have your own will, do what thou wilt. Revolutionism is that connects to Semiramis and the spiked crown. Now I'm going to be closing, connecting it to something that I don't think a lot of people are going to be expecting. So I kind of want to do a special finale just for your show. Awesome. Yeah, um, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so again, you really wanted proof in your face. Mithras on one side, Libertas, Statue of Liberty. Like I said, he kind of merged the two concepts of Mithras trying to put his mother's face on there. But like I said, Greek trans, uh, best I God, Helios, Statue of Liberty, compared to the uh, Colossus of Rhodes. But here we go. Anybody ever watch The Chosen? Yeah, you're not going to like where this goes. Uh I've I haven't watched it, but I've 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 seen a lot of stuff about it. But go ahead, bro. This is gonna be crazy. Dude, I, I was so heartbroken when some of this stuff came along. But to, and folks, what you're about to see, I will challenge you, does not give me this, oh you you know, you doctored this up, blah blah blah. All I did, you can do this too. Take the picture of the logo and I put it in Instagram filters and I just kept putting light on it, light on it, light on it, took a screenshot. Put it back on, light on it, light on it. You will get the same conclusion that I'm about to present to you here. It's no doctoring. It's no fancy stuff. But you'll notice the logo here, Angel Studios. Again, Angel. Interesting. Halos. Just thought it was relevant to throw this all together. Where you amplify stories of light. Not of God, of Christ. Stories of light. That's a Masonic thing. You look at the A... Kind of looks a little like a Masonic compass. Maybe not, but hey, you know what? But here we go. So everybody's probably seen this logo pop up prior to every episode. Does anybody see anything as yep. we sit here? You see it? Yeah. yeah, I do. You see it? Yeah, I do. All right, yep. folks, here comes the grand reveal. <laughs> you kept, like I said, I kept going. I was like, oh, so it is the crown. Then I kept going. And I'm like, wait a minute, that kind of looks like, a, oh my gosh, it's a reptilian eyeball. You can see it. it, it again, folks, screenshot it, zoom in, <laughs> do it yourself if you'd like. But I'm just laughing at the irony that they're showing us in darkness something about angels. They're emphasizing the G of all things. 
<laughs> uh, so, again, sovereign being, God, G, and Freemasonry. Yep. And then you can see, oh, the wait, what architect is of the universe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then you can see studios. And come to find out, Jonathan Rumi, he probably, this might have been what you're referring to. He is a Knights Templar. That's on his own Instagram page. Scroll down long enough. And Knights Templar. Now, let me break this down for folks. Knights Templar. A lot of people say we're eliminated. This isn't true. And you can look this up because President McKinley was a Knights Templar. The Alan West guy down in uh, Texas, he's a Knights Templar. Jonathan Rumi, like I just said, he's a Knights Templar. And what happened basically was when they went down during the Crusades to Israel, they stumbled upon the Ring of Solomon, which happened to have the Star of Remphan on the ring as the insignia. And the Star of Remphan is um, the Israeli star, if folks are trying to curious. And like I said, Rothschilds claim to be descendants of Nimrod, so there's a connection here. And when they found this ring, it was said that it had powers to control demonic forces. So they began to spit on crosses and whatnot and denouncing the name of Christ and being blasphemous and worshiping this goat god. Now, this is stuff you can Google, basic stuff. Who is the goat god of the, of the Knights Templars? Who is the origin of banks? Knights Templars. Yeah. So you look into this stuff, you're just like, ah, okay, I see where this is going. But yeah, um, and this said that King Philip, I believe, was at France. And the Pope said, you got to get rid of these guys. This is not right. I don't like what I'm seeing. This is all their statistics. So begrudgingly the pope allegedly got rid of them but what happened is that instead of being up totally wiped out maybe they took out a few but they actually went underground and formed the scottish rite of freemasonry mm -hmm. yeah so again great architect of the universe that is not god or sovereign being it's like that's very vague do you mind emphasizing who you're talking about right here and because it's so vague you can universalism man it could be whatever you want it to be it could be this god or that god it has this halo that halo shamil shamazel you know that's <laughs> what it comes down to and because of that this is how the antichrist system is going to work is that instead of thinking we've gotten away from the tower of babel it's gradually been rebuilt by masons ideology wise symbolism wise so we just accept it and what are they doing well masons like i said you look up the symbolism it connects to Nimrod and the family. What were they doing? Well, I'm just saying these symbolism connects to building the Tower of Babel. So if they're trying to reboot that and they're still using these symbols and they're still worshiping this Baphomet who happens to be Nimrod's son, Tammuz. And here's another little trivia, folks. Son of perdition mentioned in Revelation 9-11. Yeah. Apollyon, Abaddon. Apollyon, is that possibly Apollo? Mm -hmm. Abaddon, Abaddon? Hold up. Let's look at Trump's logo right now on any one of his social media accounts. Got the flag over his face. He's got 11 stars, two stripes, two towers. Now, if you look into the alchemy terms of the first Baphomet tattoo on his arm, it's bringing something into existence, into being. 9-11 in ancient Israel was coronation day for kings, crowns. Mm -hmm. they, now we're they, going to... Huh? They say that Christ was born on 9-11 as well. That's that's what some people... That's, that's say, what... Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's that <clears throat> one too. But then, look at the other tattoo. It says Kuagula. Blood clot. Yeah. Apollo, 
is the name of the first ship he allegedly sent to the moon. Second one is named Artemis, twin sister to Apollo, goddess of sudden death. Died suddenly on the moon? <laughs> yeah, interesting. You know what you know what I'm saying? So when you understand this stuff, folks, you can kind of see what they're playing us. Because when you look up Trump's name, Donald stems from Adonis. If you Google keep you do etymology, you can just put baby names or something like that if you want to be fun. And you'll see that it eventually traces back to Adonis. Adonis is equivalent of Dumazid. Dumazid is an equivalent to Moose. Donald means world ruler. Trump stems from triumph or to deceive. Triumph stems from a phrase that was used for the Greek god Dionysus, the god, masked god, theater. <laughs> Dionysus was half-brother to Apollo. Nimrod did his mother. So therefore, Tammuz would be a half-brother. <laughs> um, if you look up on Occult Rejects on YouTube, you will find... That yeah, Trump doesn't have just one, but he has three sun god relics up in his Trump House tower. The original name when Jared Kushner purchased it, six 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 somewhere, well, West something Main Avenue or something. I think it's yes. um, yeah, six 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 Main Street. Uh, and now was... the name has or the the number has changed, but the original. And I'm again, when I'm telling folks this, I, four billion dollars is what he paid. He went into debt just to get that building. So you guys got to understand that. So they were fighting to get that building. That six 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 Main avenue like they in the tower yeah again tower yeah. affiliated with hmm? in the tower yeah. affiliated with hmm. <laughs> and again i tell people because everybody's like oh it's obama <laughs> i'm just saying his name literally trans translates to world ruler to, to deceive world ruler and his name has an etymology that connects to the moose, <laughs> the moose. nimrod's yeah. son son of perdition apollyon apollo and when when I see this, I'm telling folks is that I felt wrong voting both times. Like the first time is like, I definitely don't want Hillary. The second time, just like my spirit doesn't feel right. And I think it was probably because of this stuff, because gradually after that, it just started all unraveling. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This yeah. is a lot of crazy coincidences. And I just want people to be wary because. um, There's. I appreciate, quote, unquote, the art. And then there's the, that's a lot of sun god loving right there. And people are kind of at a point where they're almost like worshiping the guy. They're like putting him on cross like that. Or oh, Trump yeah, even posted himself as sitting next to Christ during the yeah, thing. Yeah. He says, the Jews should love me because I'm practically Jesus. There's a <laughs> pop song in Israel called Super Trump. He is the, the the lion of Israel, blah, blah, blah. When the sons of Ishmael come to harm our land, Trump will take a stand. Um, Jerusalem's prince is literally what the song called. I'm like, ah. folks. Yeah, I know. I know, man. If, if we're getting this close to the finishing line and people are still clinging to their politics like it's a religion. I And again, if it, I was talking to a guy and I said, dude, since you were asking questions at your church. And your answer was thrown stones being thrown at you. I said, you have your answer right there is that a lot of people are asleep, but if they are showing deflection or they're, you know, cognitive dissonance, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. That should be a sign to you to look into it further. Oh, if you're yeah, attuned 100%. and spiritually awake. Yeah. 
but yeah, this is what I got for you. Um, hey, this was amazing, bro. I appreciate the presentation. <laughs> you ended it with uh, absolute crushing it. And uh, guys, yeah, and also look up the Knights of Hospitaler when you start looking into that. Yeah. And dude, you just, dude, it will just blow your mind, bro. Like the Knights of Malta, uh, you'd start, dude, you, the Knights of uh, Templar, like you're bringing up, like, dude, when you start unraveling this stuff and then black nobility and you start, dude, your mind will be twisted. It is like crazy, dude, un unlocking these type of um, Elaborate esoteric lies. things and, and it'll just blow your mind, man. And like you said, the Pope, you're talking about, you know, he's, he's, he's supposed to be Christ until his return. And you were bringing that up and you brought up so much stuff, bro. It's a lot for people to swallow, but <laughs> dig into it, dig into it. The five crowns guys. I'll talk about this real quick. Um, the five crowns is like the crown of life. Okay. You could find this. Um, uh, Jesus says not to be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. There's the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown is also known as imperishable crown is referenced in Corinthians nine 25. Okay, so there's that. And then there's a the crown of righteousness. It's mentioned in 2 Timothy 4, 8. It is promised to those who love and anticipate the second coming of Christ. Uh, the crown of glory is the crown of glory is mentioned, discussed in 1 Peter 5, 4. It is granted to Christian clergy who, cler, uh, who the shepherd, the flock, in unselfish love, being a good example to others. Christian clergy, meaning, uh, you know, pastors, uh, teachers, stuff like that. Um, and then there's also the crown of rejoicing. It is also known as the crown of exultion. Uh, it's First Thessalonians 2.19 and uh, Philippians 4.1. Uh, it is given to those who engage in evangelism to those outside the Christian church. In the New Testament, Paul earns this crown after winning the Thessalonians to the faith in Jesus. This is what I'm, I'm pulling up. I heard about the five crowns from a, a pastor, Raul Reese. So that's, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm hundred percent correct either. And I'm some of this stuff. I'm just, uh, <clears throat> this is just what I researched. And like, like Brandon, I I'd say research it for yourself. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, this is just some stuff that I researched and, and, um, yeah. So, we were talking about crowns. So I just thought I would mention that the, the yeah. crowns that we want to earn in heaven. Uh, so yeah, what a great show, bro. I appreciate you. We're, we're coming up on an hour and 40 minutes, oh, which is goodness. perfect, which <laughs> nice. is actually perfect. We usually do an hour and 30. So this is amazing. Um, any last words for our audience, man, before we get off? Not really. I mean, uh, pretty much, I guess in closing, uh, it's just like, even if you don't agree hundred percent, Try to pick up the book. There's a times where I've told people like what's going on right now in the Middle East. I've bought them books. I've sent them quotes. I've sent them links. And they're still giving me the deflective responses. Oh, so I support terrorists? It's just like, no, please, please, please. I cannot urge you enough, folks. If, if, if there's some stuff in the Bible that isn't making sense for you, Try to invest in a podcast, 15 minutes when you're driving to go to a store, or you're picking up milk, some, something. You have time for this. People binge a whole series on Netflix. Yes. If, if reading, make it 10 pages a day. Literally just bookmark it and say, all right, for lunch, you're going to eat a sandwich. I'm going to turn a page and read a couple of stuff. You know, it, It's worth investing because if it helps you understand the Bible better, this is the stuff that Christ wants us to do is a help have a domino effect. So that sparks someone else having a question. At my old job, I had so many people, like I got in an argument, and that was an argument, but I was one man against seven. 
all having skepticisms about the Bible, and I was sitting there defending it, defending it, defending it. And I felt like like a Paul and Mars Hill. It was awesome because it's like they couldn't deny what I was giving them back because they were just like, really? I'm like, yeah, and you can look this stuff up. So people are hungry. They're seeking. They just need help someone to connect those dots or to prompt them to look into something. And I'm I like I said, I've 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 spent so much money on buying people books, and all I hear is it sits there still. So some people are. You have to kind of sift to who those people are. And when you do, you're planting seeds for the kingdom of heaven. So yeah, if I could close, I, I, I really want to urge that because that's the burden of my heart, dude, is that people actually invested some of the stuff you wouldn't be looking at with such skepticism. Like even the thing I just relate to you with the triune. I could be wrong, but personally, it amplifies my faith, and I, I appreciate them so much more for it. So yeah, that's all I got to say. Where can they find you, Brandon, just so everybody knows? Um, you can find me on Krollology, like the K-R-O-L-L you see there with my name, um, Krollology101 on uh, Instagram. There's lower underscore between the 101. Uh, a lot of people can't find me in a search, so he'll probably put that in the uh, show tags. And then you can also yeah. find me on Patreon, uh, the Mana Daily Podcast. I'm gradually trying to create a Rumble account on that as well. Rology 101 at the moment for Rumble. Um, I'm going to try to create a couple of accounts so if things hit the fan, I can always just transfer over back and forth. Um, but yeah, that's the best way you can find me. I'm, I'm going to try to start my own podcast called the Mana Daily. And because uh, I generally see the, the, the word is our Mana Daily that we need to be invested in now. It's kind of the spiritual thing. So I was inspired with that. And uh, yeah, that's how you find me. You can uh, a lot of times you can find me on on Rumbles and Googles, just not Googles, um, <laughs> YouTube's, just by typing in my name. And I I've been popping up a lot because I have great brothers like this just asking me on for uh, chit chats. <laughs> and this is amazing, man. This is amazing. Thank you so much Shit, for man. coming on. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, make sure you follow and check them out. But like we always do, we got to end this in prayer. So uh, Father mm. God, in the name of Jesus, we really, really appreciate this brother, Brandon Kroll. Thank you for introducing uh, us together and having him uh, come on our show to, uh, you know, we're not trying to give any glory to any of these other false gods, uh, to any of these fallen angels, to any of these, uh, you know, demons, demonic spirits, anything like that. Lord, what we're trying to do is give glory to you. And expose the evil like you talk about in Ephesians 5.11. We're trying to, Brandon's trying to expose this so people can wake up and shake up and see that uh, you are the true God, Lord, and that they need to be worshiping you. And, uh, you know, he's trying to show different angles of the way the devil's trying to deceive. And uh, we just want you to put a protecting, uh, <clears throat> please put an angel's. Uh, protecting Brandon, uh, you know, please protect Brandon on everything he's doing on any podcast he's jumping on and also protect myself. Anybody that's listening, Lord, uh, if there's anything that that is trying to uh, interrupt anybody's train of thought with when they're trying to read the Bible or they're trying to study this type of stuff, Lord, uh, we rebuke that. And uh, we just want to let you know, God, we appreciate everything that you do. And um, like I said, put a legion of angels around Brandon, protecting him everywhere he goes with this type of information. Because when you're exposing evil like this, they, they're trying to, uh, you know, the devil's always trying to deceive and, and make people not believe in you, Lord. So help us, Lord, to uh, express ourselves better and to uh, when he's going around with this type of knowledge for people to listen and um, anything that we're wrong about when we're going over this type of stuff, Lord, correct us uh, supernaturally and uh, help us, Lord, and help the people that are celebrating Christmas and all the churches out there with the rests and 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 all this uh you know pagan stuff lord 
help them to uh, stop being deceived and putting these abominations in your church, Lord. They don't. They do not belong there. We know this. And help us, Lord, to to uh, be able to you know delicately explain this to pastors and and so that they understand that this stuff does not belong behind them when they're up on the altar, Lord. Um, we just love everything you do for us, and we appreciate you, God. Thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, Brandon. Thank awesome. you, brother. This was an amazing show. Everybody that's listening, share this. This is the type of information that people need to hear. And if you know whether it's um, you know and your your friends, your relatives, your 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 brothers and sisters in Christ, they need to hear this stuff. So please share it, and also follow Brandon on his podcast, um, and or on his uh, Instagram, and also on Rumble and everything that he's doing. You know, and and support this gentleman. So and he has a Patreon as well. So, you know, if you can help him out, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, God bless all of you guys, and we appreciate you guys uh, for listening. God bless.